Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. An audio original. I'm going to tell you about a South African woman. Her name is Belinda Walter. And she's upset a lot of people. Belinda Walter. She's like a... I don't know, you know, Belinda Walter is probably more fiction than person. Her character's almost so impossibly complex and duplicitous. Belinda Walter, I think, if you look back at her life, she's a tragic figure that would do anything for money. These are the views of some of the people we've spoken to about Belinda. There's something you should know about Belinda. It's the main reason she's such a controversial character. Belinda was a spy, not the James Bond type. She didn't have a license to kill. She worked for a company. And despite being a spy, she wasn't always very discreet. Within the first day that we had met, she disclosed to me that she had actually been assigned to infiltrate me as a spy. And that's the reality of Belinda Walter. She destroyed many, many relationships, but we only know that now. I think she was taking money from all sides and she was serving many masters. I could see the insecurity. I could see the paranoia. I could see the suspicion. To then end it in the manner in which it was ended must have consequences. January 21st, 2013. A little after five o'clock in the morning, we're at Heathrow Airport in London. Belinda's plane is screeching across the tarmac. In the terminal, a driver's already waiting for her. Her name scrawled across a placard. She steps into the car, which snakes down the motorway, through the London traffic and into the centre of town to the Waldorf Hilton Hotel in Covent Garden. It's a grand old Edwardian building, full of towering columns and marble terraces. It's opulent, a reminder of a time when British wealth and American power dominated the globe. As they pull up outside, Belinda's driver reaches into his pocket and hands her a key to room 205. She's here to meet a British man, the POM, as she calls him. A representative of British American Tobacco, or BAT as it's known. One of the world's largest tobacco companies. BAT wants her to spy for them, for cash. Belinda will later say that due to the circumstances she found herself in, she felt she had no choice but to say yes. My name is Victoria Hollingsworth. I'm a journalist working with the Bureau of Investigative Journalism, a non-profit team of investigators 
committed to digging deep into the stories that matter without fear or favour. I've been investigating the tobacco industry for over a year now. It's a tangled, knotty story, full of rabbit holes you can easily get lost down. This is a story about a secret world of corporate espionage, which we've been told operated at the heart of big tobacco. It's a story we've been told not to tell, but one which we think the public need to know. Over the next eight weeks, we'll try to uncover the truth about allegations that British American tobacco attempted to crush its rivals using a network of spies. And Belinda Walter, the woman who, whatever her motives, nearly brought the whole operation crashing down. This story has received a lot of coverage in South Africa, so we're not the first journalists to be looking into it. What would you describe her as? She's... I mean, frankly, I just found it, like, freaking annoying for me personally because, like, she's such a complicated person to to deal with. Malcolm Rees is a journalist from South Africa, or at least he used to be. He's moved country and changed career. In part, that's a consequence of Belinda's actions. She made some pretty wild and, I should stress, unfounded allegations against Malcolm. We'll be hearing more about that later. But for now, we're in 2013, in the early days of Malcolm and Belinda's professional relationship. Despite his age, Malcolm was already a senior journalist for the South African Sunday Times investigating the tobacco industry, and Belinda was one of Malcolm's sources. When Malcolm first met Belinda, he says he had absolutely no idea she might be a spy for BAT. He thought she was simply what she said she was, a lawyer representing BAT's competitors, the small Southern African tobacco manufacturers. She was the chairman of their industry body. I'd met with her on a number of times. She was obviously, in, like, had to be a source, a primary source for anybody that's going to want to look at tobacco in South Africa at the time. I mean, she represented half the industry. She, she was a very central figure. So there's Malcolm, an ambitious young journalist, sticking his nose into the big, bad world of South African tobacco, digging around for stories. And you want to kind of get the off-the-record information on what's going on in the markets and who's doing dodgy this and that. You know, everybody's at this game of spying on everybody else. Everybody has information on everyone else. They all have an interest in sinking one another. And that's just like, you know, everybody's competing. It worked like this. On the one hand, there were the smaller players who Belinda represented. And on the other, there were the big beasts, the large multinationals, including one of the biggest beasts of them all, British American tobacco. With an annual global revenue of over £25 billion, it's an old money company, a relic of Britain's colonial past that continues to thrive in the 21st century. Founded in 1902, its cigarettes, such as Pall Mall and Lucky Strike, have been household names for generations. Enjoy smoother smoking. Choose wisely, choose well. Reward yourself with this quality high, the finest quality money can buy. 
Big tobacco remains big business, and BAT is one of the largest companies in the world. In South Africa, they're the biggest player in town, and they don't like competitors. So historically, in South Africa, the tobacco market would have been controlled by uh, British American tobacco. So for the longest time, they controlled effectively more than 90% of the, the local market share. But what we've seen probably over the last decade or two is that um, over time, some smaller, low-cost value manufacturers have emerged in the landscape. Do you think ultimately the, the greatest fear and threat to them is competition? Absolutely. That's Talita Snickers. Talita's a former employee at the South African Revenue Service, or SARS, a branch of the government responsible for collecting taxes. Tobacco is a huge source of tax revenue for the South African government – so officials at the Revenue Service have a major interest in understanding the inner workings of the industry. Tax officials like Talita are a bit like cops. It's their job to not only regulate the industry, but also make sure there's no funny business going on. So Talita can help us understand how she sees the dynamics at play, starting with how she thinks things look for the point of view of BAT, or as she says, BAT, when it battles against smaller rivals. BAT has been under enormous pressure from the smaller low-cost manufacturers in South Africa in particular. So when their market share is under pressure to the extent that it was in South Africa and continues to be in South Africa, I think there's every incentive for them to play dirty. BAT playing dirty is what this series is all about. Exactly how and why they did this is a theme we're going to come back to again and again. Secretly paying Belinda, an attorney representing BAT's competitors, was just one of a myriad of ways that the company sought to keep its grip on the Southern African tobacco market. But BAT wasn't alone. Some of their competitors some of the smaller local manufacturers, like the ones Belinda represented, who produce low-cost cigarettes known as cheapies, have been accused of using all sorts of underhand methods. This isn't just a simple story of David versus Goliath. Both sides have crossed lines. As Malcolm will tell you, he believes some of the smaller local players that BAT were up against included a number of unsavoury people – some of whom, he says, have been linked to individuals alleged to have been involved in cigarette smuggling and organised crime. I mean, pure gangsters, like the, the South African, that some of the players in the tobacco industry, not all of them, but they are characters in the space. All of the big-name gangster kind of underworld figures are there in some way or another. So you've got, like, massive corporates playing with in the industry, and then they kind of meet with an industry that probably is the largest illicit criminal industry in the region. And so that's this weird kind of meeting of worlds. So according to Malcolm, that's the world he was stepping into in 2013. An asymmetrical war between BAT and their South African rivals. Like any war, each side has its own narrative and it's up to reporters like Malcolm to get to the truth. It is incredibly contested. There's just so much effort and resource and interest in constructing the story 
And that means that as soon as you step into the space or step near it, you become an actor. And it's in that context, in mid-2013, that Belinda the Spy invited Malcolm the Journalist to a meeting. I wanted to sit here, but nobody allowed me. Uh, I wanted to sit here, but nobody allowed me. No, no. You can sit there. I'm sitting here. I'm just phone Jack quickly. Why is your man running away? I'm going to phone Jack quickly and tell him I didn't get my place. (laughs) This is a meeting of the Fair Trade Independent Tobacco Association, or FETA for short. It's the industry body which represents the smaller tobacco manufacturers. Belinda was its chairman. Belinda invited Malcolm to FETA because Malcolm had been investigating one of Belinda's clients, a tobacco company owned by a mogul called Yusef Kaji, the man we just heard complaining about his seat. Kaji is a colourful character. He says he was the victim of an attempted assassination in 2014. He was allegedly poisoned at a FETA meeting, like the one Malcolm's been invited to. We've no idea why Kaji was allegedly targeted, and there's no suggestion it related in any way to BAT. But these allegations are an illustration of just how violent and dangerous this world can be. Here's Kaji describing what he says was an attempted hit on him to the South African journalist Alec Hogg for the website Biz News. We were at one of the FITA meetings. I had a uh, cup of coffee. I started getting sick. I started getting bloating. I started turning blue. And I didn't realise what was going on. And I started vomiting. Just vomiting all the time and got very sick. So I went to see the doctor. And when the doctor looked at me, he said, shit, I need to take you into theatre. I said, for what? He says, I need to do an emergency operation on you. Your one kidney has collapsed and they removed the kidney and then they did a test on the kidney and it was from poisoning. They tried everything. Uh, I was shot at. I've been through it. But I believe that you only die when God wants you to die. I'm not going to now stand back and say, listen, I'm not going to be in the tobacco business. So Malcolm's going to need to have his wits about him, not least because Kaji is very unhappy with Malcolm. The meeting's been arranged to see if they can't straighten things out. Malcolm recorded the conversation on his phone, and now he's passed the recording on to us. Malcolm is the first to speak, and he's explaining why he's not happy either. Let's be fair. I mean, you sent me some emails that were a little bit threatening, and not what I'm tending to get. Threatening? How? <laughs> we don't need to go there. That's how I read them. And I, no, I, I did hear that it was unadvisable. If, any, if anybody tell you I've harmed anybody, they lied to you. No, I've never laid a finger on anybody. Okay, I never said you had, but um, I was advised not to come. You'd had sent some Malcolm, rather suspicious Malcolm, email. Malcolm, Malcolm, Malcolm. <laughs> if I wanted to fuck you up, you think this country small? No, I don't. I can get hold of you. I, I live, I'm a jobber boy. Yeah. You think it'll be difficult for me to do that? So Malcolm and Kaji have gotten off to a bad start, but Kaji has another point he wants to make. I invited you, I said the attorney will be present. Mm. I wanted to take you for a walk around, show you what our business no, is. We're employing 100 people, we're trying to get the thing going, and here you've got BAT, don't want to give anybody a chance. What Kaji's saying here, beyond rebutting any suggestion that he's ever acted threateningly towards Malcolm, is that the smaller players, the local producers in the tobacco market, are struggling because of BAT. It is, he says, a colonial relationship, a reminder of a time when only white people could set up shop. Look here, understand I come from the apartheid thing. Yeah. 
we were not allowed to have shops in West Street. We yeah. were not allowed to have shops in Elof Street. Yeah. We had to have nominees to buy properties. Yeah. We're still in the same position. Right. Okay. So indirectly, they're still controlling the black man. And that's what it's all about. All right. But, but control of the, the uh, a monopoly or controlling the market. He feels that journalists like Malcolm have only been reporting one side of the story. It's easier to believe a big body than believe Mr. Small Guy. Yeah. Because a big body is always given that impression that he's righteous and everybody else is wrong. Yeah. We're not here to fight with anybody. I'm not here to have a problem with BAT. But Malcolm's not going to let Kaji blow him off course. BAT may well dominate the market, but there's another important element to this story. Smuggling. Illegally shifting cigarettes has been a huge problem in South Africa, and smaller players in the industry are widely believed to have played a part. Cigarette smuggling basically involves moving them across borders illicitly, manipulating customs procedures to avoid tax. By smuggling the cigarettes and avoiding the tax, it gives them a competitive advantage. It also deprives the South African people of much-needed tax dollars to pay for vital infrastructure and public services like health, education and policing. And like any good journalist, Malcolm's pushing Kaji for answers. With respect to the tobacco smuggling investigation that we're underway with, where you, you have been implicated, I mean, you, you're basically being implicated See, when I get up in the morning, as a central figure in tobacco get, smuggling. When I get up in the morning, yeah. and when I look in that mirror, yeah. I'm happy with what I see. Okay. So what other people think about me doesn't bother me. Okay. So you don't want anything written? No, I know. I never called you to write anything. I just told you on the phone. I said, Malcolm, I'm not calling you to convince you to write good articles about me. Mm. Just do your homework. People are using you. Okay. But then why aren't you telling me? Can, can we just? Can we just? Do you maybe want to put the questions in writing? Okay. Will you? Will you attend to? That's Belinda chipping in there. Because you're not I, I, actually answering any something. questions here. Or, or what is my benefit? Your name is in the public domain, linked to tobacco smuggling. Let me break this down for you. Malcolm thinks that Kaji is implicated in smuggled tobacco and has allegedly had associates with reported links to organised crime. He's published newspaper stories saying so. Kaji thinks that Malcolm is being manipulated to smear him. Please come visit or come with Belinda okay. so you feel secure. She's a lovely lady. She'll make sure she take care of you. Okay. And I'll show you all the documents. And then you tell me which one you want copies of. And Belinda. What's she thinking as the two men go round and round in circles? I, I agree with you, Belinda, that the best way forward may be to... You don't stay. want to come visit me. We can discuss that. I'm, I'm not adverse to coming to visit you, but we, we, I, would we really, you, I, I really would love to get your side of the story. That's all I want. I'm not here to prove my innocence. I'll go to court and prove my innocence. I'm, I'm not looking for nothing from you. <laughs> then why are we talking? I don't know. I told you what you want to benefit out of meeting me. Do you remember what I asked you? When I spoke to you on the phone, what is your intention? You what, is, what, what, is, what, what are you trying to achieve out of this? I, my point, my... My objective yeah. is to uncover who is responsible for this allegedly massive trade in illicit cigarettes. Right? That is what I'm trying to do. And I'm interested in this whole, why the hell has BAT got a monopoly? And that's, that's it's all interesting to me. I'm interested in what is happening okay. in reality. 
What's happening in reality is stranger than Malcolm or Kaji could ever imagine. Belinda's got a secret. Belinda's at this fractious meeting, claiming to be working on behalf of the smaller tobacco moguls like Kaji, when in fact she's also covertly working for British American Tobacco. They're offering to pay her for information about her clients, the smaller manufacturers like Kaji. BAT say they suspect they're undercutting their share of the market by avoiding paying the tax on the cigarettes they sell. How do we know this? We have a number of sources. We've seen hundreds of thousands of documents. Only some of the documents cover Belinda's relationship with BAT. But these small openings offer crucial evidence, windows into a world that you and I were never meant to see. So, what information did BAT want from Belinda? And how did they manage to get her to spy for them? We've seen the WhatsApp text messages between Belinda and the man trying to recruit her for BAT in the year before Malcolm's meeting at FITA. After the break, we're going to find out how Belinda was recruited. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This story is complicated, so let's recap. There's three things you need to remember. Belinda Walter was an attorney representing smaller South African tobacco manufacturers. But Belinda was being secretly courted by a massive tobacco company, British American Tobacco, who wanted her to spy on her clients for them. BAT say all of this was above board, and they were just trying to help the police uncover wrongdoing. But is that completely correct? What kind of information did BAT really want from Belinda? We know she first started meeting BAT back in 2012 at a hotel in South Africa. Among the cache of documents we've been shown is an extraordinary piece of evidence. Transcripts of actual text messages between Belinda and one of the men in South Africa who's in the process of recruiting her to spy for BAT. It's 4.40pm on December the 3rd, 2012. Their messages are read by actors. You're just meeting guy from London. Are you good with that? I'll give you step-by-step instruction on where we meet and how you get there. Will you be with? You'll see me on the way. I'm your cover to make sure no one will be watching. Do you trust him 100%? 110%. A senior manager from BAT's UK head office is in town. Belinda's South African recruiter is instructing her on how to get to the meeting with the man from the UK without being followed. It reads like a bad spy novel. I'm going to ask you to take Gautrain to Santon and then from there two more stops to see if you're clear. OK. Must I be in Santon already by 11.30? We are prepping a location. And we'll have it by 10 till 2. It's executive suite. 
He tells her what the man she's about to meet, the person they're calling the guy from London, is looking for. My advice to you with these guys is clean and to the point. If you have something as a taster that could interest them, just believe me on this one. Remember, they are seriously experienced at negotiations. Belinda's contact says that BAT wants information on the business activities of one of her tobacco clients. You have to be clinical if you can show something, anything that is valuable. But he also knows your role in FITA and knows you have extremely important role there, where you are now. I'm not doing a sales pitch. This latest time you indicated he wanted to see me, so then he should do the talking. Is his interest only the one client? No. He also knows your position with FITA. What the hell does it stand for again? Um, Fair Trade Independent Tobacco Association. So he knows how much you've helped us. That last message is interesting, isn't it? It seems that Belinda may have been helping these guys for a while, and it has something to do with her role at FITA. This first meeting in South Africa goes ahead, and 10 days later, Belinda's ready to report back on her meeting with the guy from London, Pommy. The Pommy was okay, but he is a professional and knows how to draw information out of people. So Pommy sent me a mail and wants docs from my file on old man, but as yet our relationship, etc., is not defined. He said he wants me in UK early Jan. So what sensitive documents does the man from London want? It's confidential docs out my file. Passing confidential documents about your clients to their competitors could be a dangerous thing to do. Especially in the South African tobacco industry, it's a business operating in a country that sees nearly 60 murders a day. A few days after the meeting, Belinda is texting her local recruiter again. How well do you know Pom? Well, enough to know that you should be covering all angles. Maybe a year. Do you trust him? Yes, I do. Otherwise, I would have never introduced you. It's a bit of an emotional ride. Have you heard anything from him after? Yeah, he said thanks. And he wants to meet you again, rather sooner than later. Belinda is anxious to know more about the man from BAT. She asks the recruiter to spell it out for her. And seeing as this is all new to me, I don't have a clue. He's head of AIT. (laughs) What does that mean in English for the blondie? In charge of intelligence and operations worldwide, fighting illicit trade. These messages show that the POM, a senior manager from BAT, wants Belinda to meet him again, this time in London, at the Waldorf Hilton Hotel in room 205, right back where we started our story. That meeting in London was just one of many between Belinda and the POM at expensive hotels in South Africa and London. According to Belinda, over the course of these meetings, the POM debriefed her in detail about who is who in the South African tobacco scene. They agreed the kind of information she would provide him. He and his colleagues offered to pay Belinda £36,000 a year, delivered monthly on prepaid cash cards. Belinda's account would eventually be written down in a draft affidavit, which we've managed to get hold of. It's a really important document that we'll be coming back to a lot as the series goes on. 
On the face of it, BAT was infiltrating its competitors, using their money and influence to try to dig up confidential information. The POM told Belinda that they were doing it to help the authorities combat cigarette smuggling. But in the war to control the market, having your competitor's attorney in your pocket would give you a huge unfair advantage. She would likely have access to all sorts of secrets, like the confidential files she's been describing in these messages. It's hard to believe that it's all completely above board. In little more than a year, Belinda will fall out spectacularly with her paymasters at BAT and expose the inner workings of their extensive spying operation. That's all coming up on Smokescreen. Smokescreen is a podcast from the Bureau of Investigative Journalism for Audi, produced by Novel. It was produced and written by Tom Wright. It was researched and investigated by me, Victoria Hollingsworth, Matthew Chapman and Malcolm Rees. Our executive producers were Max O'Brien, Myrian Jones, Rachel Oldroyd, David Medell, Owen Bennett-Jones and James Ball. Our fact-checkers were Alice Millican and Frankie Goodway. It was mixed and edited by Alex Portfelix. If you've been enjoying Smokescreen, please don't forget to like, comment and share this podcast. Apparently it helps other people hear about it. 